0: The live-action adaptation of Avatar The Last Airbender is finally upon us. And I wish, I wish it was as simple as me telling you, this is great or this is bad. Mm. Because I think the series has left me with a lot of questions and it lies somewhere in between. Okay. So... We're coming at this review from two perspectives. I have seen *Cora* and Avatar multiple times. I'm a big fan of the cartoons of the original animated shows. Bahir hasn't seen a single episode of either. Yep. And so he is coming into this completely blind as a newbie to this live action adaptation. Now, I'm going to ask your opinion, Bahir. At first blush, coming into it as a newbie, how do you feel? What is your first reaction?
1: Okay, so this is a weird first reaction. My first reaction being after having seen four episodes is that I'm not sure who this is for. I keep stumbling between this is for fans, this is also for non-fans, and then I stumble between is this for young people or is this for older people? So I kept falling between four stools, essentially, and depending on what combination of those four stools. That's the complication, right? Whenever any studio,
0: not just Netflix, decides to adapt something like this, Mm. they have to walk a tightrope. And that tightrope is you've got to do enough to appease the fans of the original show. But at the same time, you can't just make a show to appeal to them. You need to appeal to a mass market because that's who you're selling to. I disagree with that logic because I think when it comes to certain things, the fan base is big enough that you can make
1: something just for them. I also disagree but for a different reason because for me, the reason a show works is because it was able to get fans. So in my example, I never got into Avatar because of reasons like maybe I felt I was too old or I had fallen out of cartoons at the time or I just didn't have access. So I'm always coming into these things hoping that the producers who are making these things just stick to the original because that has worked. Why not just follow it? And I think that as a non-fan of things, that could work for me. So the reasons for creating it aside,
0: the other thing or the other challenge that Netflix has, or any studio for that matter, is how do you make your live action adaptation stand apart? And so this has always been my issue with these sorts of transitions in that... As a fan of the original, and I really do love the original, I always believe that any other version should endeavor to do something different. Okay. I don't mean change the story, change the characters. I mean, bring something to it that only a live action version can, because every medium is restricted by its own limitations. A comic book is restricted in certain ways. Animation is restricted in certain ways book books are restricted in certain ways. And so are movies and TV shows. And so when you are traversing mediums like that and you're aware of what your medium can do, then you need to bring something new and interesting. And for me, where Avatar The Last Airbender falls short is that it feels very samey. And it's because Mm. of that I didn't know who it was for. But it's samey in not the right way, in that... The cartoons had a real pace to them, and they were a heady blend of comedy, action, really deep, meaningful pathos. These characters went through a lot across those, I want to say 61 episodes of the cartoon. The series in its eight episodes feels both overly long and compressed at the same time. And I don't know if that makes sense to you as someone who hasn't watched the cartoon, but that's what I felt like. There were certain moments where I was like, wait, this was really succinct in the cartoon. And I got the message and they got past it and they moved on. But in this show, it feels really dragged out. And then in the first episode, I'm like, wow, you've compressed the first four, three and a half episodes of the animated series into one episode. And this feels like it's moving along far too quickly.
1: What's weird about that is that even not having seen the original, I felt the same way. I felt like there were bits of it that felt unnecessarily rushed and so at the same time draggy, right? Like I, at the end of episode one, I went and just looked up the cartoon on Netflix actually and I found that the cartoon started at a different spot in the episode. Yes, it did there's a difference with regards to how your audience is being introduced to characters emotionally. The way the live action adaptation does it is that you've spent a bit more time with Aang. In the animator series, it opens up with a very sort of big reveal subsequently, right? And I think there's an emotional weight difference there.
0: I think that worked better.
1: I can't say for sure. I felt like I wanted more of the prequel stuff. But after checking out the pilot episode of the Animator series, I realized that that version of the storytelling worked better because you're thrown in off the deep end immediately. Whereas here, I'm spending time with Aang and you're showing me all these bits of things that you think are cool, only for you to then zip forward. So in the first episode of the live action
0: adaptation, we get a little bit of a prologue before the Fire Nation makes their big attack, right? So if you know nothing about Avatar The Last Airbender, Aang is the Avatar. He is the ultimate warrior who is supposed to unite all the kingdoms, but he somehow, for some reason, gets trapped in ice for a century. And the problem with that is that the Fire Kingdom has attacked and there was no protector To save the planet and save the world. He gets thawed out a century later, purely by accident, and he discovers that this world is completely different from the one he left. Mm. Now, in the live-action adaptation, there is a prologue of Aang in his original kingdom with the monks. They show a little bit of his training. You get this montage sequence of a big fight with the Fire Kingdom. And so when he returns there 100 years later, there's a real emotional moment when Aang realises that everything he knows and loves is dead and gone. That he is truly the last airbender. Now, my problem with that is, if you watch the original animated series, there isn't that prologue. But when Ang goes back to his kingdom, and he is so enthusiastic to go back to his kingdom and see what has changed after all these years, and he finds it broken and empty, you still get that emotional punch. I didn't need to see
1: that stuff before, To know what Aang was feeling. Because for me, it didn't work either way. Like, when he does eventually arrive at where his former village was, it felt too quick. All of that just felt like, oh, here it is. Oh, don't worry, we've seen it before. But I didn't get any emotional resonance prior because... You moved that very quickly as well. I didn't see his best friend. You kept telling me that he had this one mentor that he loves and who loves him. And and then what? I don't see anything, right? You kept telling me these emotional weights and it's supposed to pay off later, but it doesn't. And for me, the problem
0: with that is that it works almost similarly to how they did The Witcher. In that they're expecting, as a fan, that you already have a certain emotional connection to these characters. So you are going to react in a certain way. So if someone has seen the cartoon and then they see it, it's actually the emotions they have from the cartoon yes. that are coming back again. Yeah. Even the introduction of the Sky Bison. I mean, I didn't need to see a sky full of Sky Bison. In fact, I thought that actually detracted from the magic of Appa. In the cartoon. Appa is frozen in ice as well. And when he gets introduced in that first episode, it is majestic. It is great. You are like, holy shit, look at this adorable flying hairy bison who answers to Yip Yip and it's just the cutest thing and it works.
1: I didn't get any of that. Like, I'll be honest, I'm four episodes in, Appa is is a glorified vehicle. I don't know if you're getting that as well, but I know enough to know that that character is there. right? I know enough that He's in the zeitgeist. If you think of Aang, you think of this thing. I'll tell you this much. Appa looks great. Yeah. I think
0: the VFX on Appa is absolutely fantastic. And I think they've brought that creature to life in a beautiful way. That Mm. said, what you can do with animation and what you can do in anime and the way you're constantly shifting his size, his look, his appearance, his emotions... All of that is very difficult to do in CGI live action. Right. And I think the cartoon has an edge. So in that sense, Appa from the cartoon doesn't have to do anything, but the reactions you see in the background are enough to make you fall in love with this character. It's very much like, it's like R2-D2 in a sense. R2-D2 doesn't do very much. But the key moments where he does stuff is pretty incredible and you fall in love with R2-D2. Yeah. I think the philosophy behind Appa is similar. And yes, you're right. Some of that is lost in the live action CGI. So I think if you're coming in without the baggage of having watched the cartoon, you're not going to have that emotional connection.
1: Which I feel is bad writing. Because again, here we are two people who are on opposite sides of the Avatar Last Airbender spectrum and this show should work for the both of us. It's Asian leaning, It's it's got kung fu shit, it's got stuff with magic and and the elements and all this bending stuff and yet all of it just falls short. And I think that's the problem I have with the show. It's not a bad show. I
0: just feel that it kind of falls short in the things that it's trying to achieve. Where it does succeed, and I think the greatest strength of the show, is the casting. I think the casting is absolutely spot on and fantastic. Gordon Cormier, who plays Aang, is tremendous. And when you
1: see him, you can see that same enthusiasm that I got from the animated character. The enthusiasm doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like he's acting with enthusiasm. It doesn't feel like he's putting on a a Disney Channel bright-eyed thing. He has that childlike passion that comes across. I think
0: Zuko is great. I think Katara is great. Sokka is great. Uncle Iroh is my favorite character from the cartoon series because he is fucking badass in the cartoon series. And he is also one of the deepest characters because he is a warrior that has committed great atrocities. And at the same time, he is now older, wiser, trying to atone for that in certain ways, but can't escape the fact that he's done some bad things in times of war. The cartoon was full of these really deep and meaningful individuals. It was beautifully, beautifully drawn. And I think the show captures some of that. And a lot of that for me has to do with just this tremendous lineup of actors that they've got playing these parts. My problem, however, is primarily with how they've structured the show. I think this is a perennial problem with a lot of things that streamers tend to do. When you go back to the animated series, its strength lay in the fact that it was telling the story over an extended period. It wasn't forced or bound by an eight-episode season. And because of that, you had these throwaway moments in episodes. You got to spend time with these characters. It didn't just feel like beat after beat after beat to progress the story. And some of the most memorable moments for me in the cartoon are those throwaway moments, those conversations between Katara and Sokka. And Aang, when they're flying around, it's those interactions, the cute and funny interactions. All of that really
1: made the show for me because all of that built character. It feels like this show is trying to force all that. It's trying to force moments of character without ever actually allowing those moments to sort of happen organically. It really is falling into the monster of the week thing. And that feels small. It feels like it's a smaller world that you're building when you're just doing a monster of the week thing. I've also got just like some real issues with some of the... With the writing. Good God. Some of that writing is just nasty. I just finished episode 4 and I don't normally take notes but the way episode 4 opens and treats a flashback to a certain character which just feels like the only reason they did the flashback was just so they could have one line later to sort of draw those characters in. And I feel like that can't have been the way the animated series was treated. It was a 60-second throwaway bit at the beginning of episode four. Yeah. And it felt completely shoehorned in. I could have gotten there without the 60-second flashback sequence. Aang just goes, it's you. I go like, oh, shit, that would have worked. So that goes back to the
0: structure of the show. When they're adapting something like this, the bad ones always feel functional. And by functional, what I mean is that the writers have sat down and they've seen the original and they've gone, we have to hit all of these beats. Because that's what the fans want and that's what we need to do. Like Cowboy Bebop is a perfect example of them trying to do something different, but then including fan-favorite bits because they felt they needed to. And so this feels incredibly functional in that sense. And so some of the magic is lost because the original, of course, was all about two people just trying to tell an interesting story. This one becomes an exercise in fan service and adaptation and marketing and all of that stuff. And I think a lot of the time the story tends to get lost. The charm tends to get lost. And that for me is the biggest shortfall of this live action adaptation. It just doesn't feel as charming as the cartoon ever
1: did. Going back to that episode 4, was there ever a minstrel break in the original show? Like, that whole thing about the story of the Omashu, just grinding the episode to a halt. It felt like everything came to a grinding halt, but also, I didn't see the point of it. Yeah. Because it didn't add
0: anything to the actual plot of that episode.
1: Absolutely, right? There's a thing that gets revealed during that sort of sequence that maybe be the reason for that thing to happen. But again, the minstrel could have said it. I didn't need it in a story. Those moments can work in a different show. When a show that has built up an understanding of the audience that there will be these moments where you have these charming things where we go on these little caveat stories. Whereas here, it's never happened before. And suddenly you're doing this thing and it just goes, why are we doing this thing? off the top of my head, now that I'm getting worked up, you could have done that with the airbending nation. Instead of using the prologue at the beginning of episode one, you could have used this storytelling vehicle or this storytelling trope to tell those stories. You could have used it to tell the story of the earthbenders. If you did that and those moments become naturally prepped throughout the story, then great. Except you just drop it in one just for a plot device that I didn't even need. I go back to not knowing who this show is for. For
0: me, the philosophy is very important whenever you're adapting something like this. If it's just a case of going, oh, look, this is a really interesting and strong IP, and if we make another version of it, we can make some money, I feel like that is the wrong approach. Because right now, a lot of this show feels like the same show only slightly lesser, but with real-life human beings in it instead of animated characters. Yeah. And that isn't enough. And it's not like Netflix hasn't done it right before. Recently, One Piece is a very good example of how you do it right. And maybe a part of that has to do with how closely the creator of One Piece was involved, because it feels like he too realized you can't just make a scene-for-scene scene adaptation into live action because anime and live action are two completely different things and it's not going to work. And so mm. you work with what you have and what you can and what doesn't look too silly and what dialogue actually works in English as opposed to in Japanese. All yeah. of that plays a factor. And and there's the added thing about One Piece being this un ending, complex story that you somehow need to distil into a 8 or 10 episode series, right? I think One Piece might be their best effort at doing something like this. And I think The Last Airbender falls somewhere in the middle. I mean, it's no Death Note, it's no Cowboy Bebop, which were both truly terrible. Yeah. But this one is somewhere in the middle. The casting is fantastic. I think all of them clearly love what they're doing and just look exactly like their counterparts, which is great, but it's everything else. And it's some of those decisions with regards to story and what they chose to do with it that I felt
1: eh. more than not, this show is going to be another one of those Cowboy Bebop style reactions. I think people are not going to warm to this. I think people are just gonna go, why the fuck did you do this? I don't know. I don't hate it. With cowboy bebop, it was terrible. It was truly bad. Right.
0: I understand that reaction. And I think even fans of the animated show will not hate this. I think it just feels
1: like a why did you do this? I think that will be the general discourse in that that original animated series is still available to be streamed. It's still out there. So why do this? Why try and make something without amping up a cool factor, without making it more adult, without straying too far or straying too close to the original? So again, that question again is, why? Why do this? And I think the general discourse online will be that. And that will not be good look for Netflix.
0: Also, I think... They really need to have a serious discussion about episodes, structure, length, how many per season. Everyone seems to be stuck in this trap six episodes, eight episodes, 10 episodes, and then they kind of shoehorn and force everything to fit within this format. It's the same problem that original network television had, right? 22 minutes, 44 minutes. Now, I say problem, but of course, that created an incredible storytelling discipline because you were forced to do everything within that time and then within the confines of a 22 or a 24-episode season. You have a lot more freedom now. And I think a 55-minute episode of The Last Airbender is too much. I think it needed to be broken up. I think you could have done a longer season. And I don't mean make more episodes. I mean just break up the episodes you have right now because that would have really got that pace moving that's the thing i missed the most when i watched the cartoons
1: there was such a pace
0: like when the episode would be over i would look at my watch and I'd be like what you mean it's done and then i want to click the next episode
1: that's an industry problem right that you cannot do an action serious ish drama show in half an hour because a half an hour is a sitcom a half an hour is a comedy or a cartoon anything That isn't that, needs to be 42 minutes. I don't care what you put in between. There can be a musical number in the middle, but it needs to be 45 to 50 minutes. And I think you're right. I think that's a problem. I think that first episode dragged. I just kept going, When is this episode going to end? Because I don't need any more of this. And I feel like Netflix could have, should have, had the balls to go, Okay. We will do eight hours worth of television, but done over 16 episodes. Because then you're right, you can cut it down to the pacing of a half hour. You can move it a lot quicker between acts A, B, and C.
0: And I get it. I get all of the practical difficulties of doing something like that for a show like this, because obviously gordon is two years older now than when he filmed it and so he's already beginning to look different and so if this thing goes on for three seasons like the original show you're going to have someone who's growing up very very quickly as the stranger things people have now realized because each one of them are in their 40s now right Something yeah i'm like sure yeah, yeah i think they've got grandkids they've got grandkids exactly yeah so there are practical considerations but You know, if you are committing that much time and money to making something like this, I figure you have
1: smart people in the room who can figure it out. If I was going to make a show about an 11-year-old, and I don't have an 11-year-old, I have not hung out with 11-year-olds as I shouldn't. But even I know the fact that 11-year-olds go through a thing called a growth spurt. Why not just commit to... I don't know, 24 episodes over three seasons. Fuck it. Shoot it. Just go, right? I think that gun-shy thing bugs me about a streamer that is losing money but then throwing it in the dumbest places.
0: Avatar The Last Airbender. It's now available to watch. All eight episodes have dropped on Netflix. We're curious to know what you think about this show. If you're a fan of the original... What do you think about this live action adaptation? If you're going in blind like Bahir, are you enjoying this? Has it made you want to watch the cartoon? Let us know what you think. You know how to reach out. All of our social media feeds are goggler.my. You can also email us on podcast at goggler.my or send us a WhatsApp on the Goggler hotline, 012-524-5208. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Goggler Podcast.